Covenant. This is Pastor Dave coming to you from beautiful Linwood, Minnesota. It's still cold out there. I was hoping to be a little bit better, but it's going to get there. I know the whole country's in uh, cold and snow right now. Uh, But today we're inside and uh, we're ready to open up God's Word. First Word podcast that's dedicated to exploring and studying uh, the mysteries that are in God's Word and understanding it together. So let's dive in this morning. We're in the book of Mark and we're into chapter 6. In chapter 6 now, Jesus is about to send his disciples on a mission. But yesterday we looked at Jesus' family in his hometown in Nazareth and how they rejected him. And today we see how some others respond. So we're going to read the story from yesterday and today, Mark 6, 1 to 13. Jesus left there and went to his hometown accompanied by his disciples. When the Sabbath came, he began to teach in the synagogue, and many who heard him were amazed. Where did this man get these things? They asked. What's this wisdom that has been given him? What are these remarkable miracles he is performing? Isn't this the carpenter? Isn't this Mary's son and the brother of James, Joseph, Judas, and Simon? Aren't his sisters here with us? And they took offense at him. Jesus said to them, A prophet is not without honor, except in his own town, among his relatives, and in his own house. He could not do any miracles there except lay his hands on a few sick people and heal them. He was amazed at their lack of faith. Calling the twelve to him, he began to send them out two by two, and gave them authority over impure spirits. These were his instructions, Take nothing for the journey except a staff, no bread, no bag, no money in your belts. Wear sandals, but not an extra shirt. Whenever you enter a house, stay there until you leave that town. And if any place will not welcome you or listen to you, leave that place and shake the dust off your feet as a testimony against them. They went out and preached that people should repent. They drove out many demons and anointed many sick people with oil and healed them. The word of the Lord. Matthew chapter 10, Luke chapter 10 tells this story in more detail. Luke includes the detail that when the disciples came back, Jesus was full of joy as he saw uh, the victories that were being won. So you can read those on your own, Matthew 10 and Luke 10. In Mark 6 here, he calls his 12 disciples, and I think it's good to remember who these 12 are. So let's just read this. Mark, this is from Mark chapter 3, verse 13. Jesus went up on a mountainside and called to him those he wanted, and they came to him. He appointed twelve that they might be with him, and that he might send them out to preach, and to have authority to drive out demons. These are the twelve he appointed, Simon, to whom he gave the name Peter, James, son of Zebedee, and his brother John. To them he gave the name Borgenes, which means sons of thunder. Andrew, Philip, Bartholomew, Matthew, Thomas, James, son of Elpheus, Thaddeus, Simon the Zealot, and Judas Iscariot, who betrayed him. So those are the disciples, a wide range of guys, and we don't really know a ton about them, but we know like two of them were called the Sons of Thunder, and we, as we read about them, we can see that they were loud and, and opinionated 
uh, brothers, and we have uh, many with some different political beliefs we know. We have Matthew, who worked for the Romans to really extort money from the Jewish people. He sided with the Romans. And we have Simon the Zealot, and the Zealots were really looking to go to war to free themselves from the burden of the Romans who were uh, in, in you know in um, in their country overseeing their country and and so so you have these two one that sided with the Romans one that's ready to free um, his people from oppression with violence if necessary and so this is a really eclectic group a wide range a very diverse group at the end of the day life is easier if everyone thinks the same right but Jesus did not take the easier path but instead he chose the better path as they say in marriage, if both of you are two alike, then one of you is not necessary. So Jesus uh, chose a wide range of personalities, gifts, and opinions. And Mark emphasizes that Jesus gave them authority in the verse we read. He gave them authority. And that Jesus had authority. This was the fascinating thing about Jesus, how he taught. You have heard it said this way. I say it's actually this way. He was healing people. He had authority over evil spirits and over nature, over all the things. And this is going to be a continuing question. Where does this authority come from? It's going to climax in Mark chapter 11, which we'll get to eventually. But in this passage, he gives his authority to the 12 and sends them out two by two. You can imagine he kind of lines them up like gym class. I wondered if they lobbied for their favorite person. They tried to stand next to their favorite person. And you wonder if Jesus assigned them numbers, one, two, three, four, and they were trying to trade numbers like happens in gym class. I'm going to bet, I would put money on this, that Matthew and Simon the Zealot, the two who are very different politically, got to travel together. I would just bet that's what Jesus did. But no matter what, no matter how he divided them, they went two by two and they were to take no provisions. They were to trust that God would provide. And it says really interestingly that if they faced rejection, they were to shake the dust off their sandals. What's that all about? Well, we don't really know for sure, I don't think, but there's some good guessing from those who are historians and study Judaism. We do know that a Jewish person traveling into Gentile nations, when they came back to their Jewish homeland, before they entered, they were supposed to shake the dust from the Gentile nation off their shoes so they wouldn't bring any of that into the Jewish nation. Um, and so it seems to maybe indicate that, uh, that if you shake the dust off your sandals, the disciples were taking no further responsibility for them. They preached the word and they had no ears to hear, no eyes to see. So you shake the dust off. We have no responsibility for you. And, and as it was when you entered the Jewish land from a Gentile nation, maybe they, Jesus was saying, you're, you're not regarded as a part of the Jewish nation anymore because I am the long-awaited Messiah and you are rejecting me. The message that they were to preach, this we know for sure. They says in Mark 6, they were to preach a message of repentance. Tomorrow uh, is Ash Wednesday. This is being recorded on Fat Tuesday. Tomorrow we enter into the season of Lent, and it's a day to be reminded of our mortality and be reminded that we are broken and that sin and selfishness has penetrated our lives and, and, and is, is, a, is a part of every part of our lives. And Jesus says, this is my message, to turn from following my own desires and to follow my own selfishness and instead to die to myself and to live for God. Jesus said, it's real simple. 
To be a Christ follower is to seek God with all of your heart, mind, soul, and strength. We do that at First Word by reading the Bible, studying it at church. We seek God with everything that we are. And then it's to love your neighbor, to go out and find people and lift them up, help them, give them what they need. Whatever, whatever ways, whether it's listening to them or buying a lunch or encouraging them, we go out and we love our neighbor. This is really all that God wants from you and from me. It's what it means to be a Christian. I think it's summed up best in one of my favorite verses, Galatians 2.20, that says this, I have been crucified with Christ and I no longer live, but Christ lives in me. The life I now live in the body, I live by faith in the Son of God, who loved me and gave himself for me. That's what it means to be a Christ follower, to be crucified, crucify my desires and myself, and I no longer live, but now Christ lives in me and I live for him. Friends, the Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face to shine upon you and be gracious to you. The Lord turn his face toward you and give you peace. Have a good day, friends. Artwork is by Emily Lemon. Sound production for First Word is by Chris Stoltzman. And original music by Lonnie Leo.